When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. Happy Monday, Manchester United. We've got some good news to talk about very soon on the Football Social. Three points for the Reds, and that feels like a real rarity nowadays. Three points in the bag and some decent football on show too. But does that keep Jose Mourinho in a job for a little bit longer? We'll be talking Manchester United's win against Everton very shortly. We'll have all the build-up for Man City's game against Tottenham this evening a little bit later as well. And we'll be doing that in the company of our two footballing legends, as per normal. Manchester United's very happy Mickey T, evening Mickey. Evening Jim. And Manchester City's Gary Owen, evening Gio. Jimbo, how are we? Very good, thank you. But before we get on to any of that, I did want to send the best wishes for everyone at the Manchester Football Social to those involved and affected in the terrible incident at Leicester City this weekend. It was a terrible accident and obviously it transcends football. But from a footballing angle, the club have lost an owner who appears to be universally loved by the club by the fans and by the city, which I think's a bit of a rarity nowadays. Plus, his ambition led football fans everywhere, no matter what team you support, no matter who you follow, to believe that one day their team might one day do a Leicester City themselves. And if nothing else, that's a hell of a legacy to leave behind. Definitely, Jim. I mean, when you think, where were Leicester going before he came? He didn't just, he didn't just give a presence with himself, but all he got his family involved in it as well. He got rid of the debt of thirty nine million at Leicester. He's in the or oh, they are in the process now of having planning permission for a new training ground which which won't come cheaply. He's uh he's given millions to the hospitals in Leicester and to the children's hospitals as well. He's literally across the whole of Leicester is is near enough benefited everybody where people have been in need of some sort of help and him and his family have have shown that help to them. So, um, you know, we can't underestimate exactly what what worth he was to Leicester, but also uh, to Leicester City, sorry, but also to Leicester itself, because I think he will. I think everybody realised when you just see the shrine that's at, uh, at Leicester now, and the and the people that's that's turned up from 
from not just football fans, from the mm. all walks of life that are in Leicester to how he's been able to help them. And I tell you what, tragedy doesn't even even hit the spot. It's just, I mean, 61, he was a helper. He was generous, certainly, as we know it. And uh, and he will be sadly missed at Leicester. But the good news is, is that his, his, um, his son, I think the rest of the family, will keep on the good work. But um, the players, the players were devastated because I think he was mm. like a father, especially the... The older ones, like the Schmeichel, when I say older, the ones who've been there longer, uh, you know, like Casper uh, and um, Morgan and King and people like that who'd been there a little bit longer, he will um, he, he will be sadly missed. And and I understand why the game against Southampton in the Carabao Cup tomorrow night uh, has been postponed. And rightly so. A man who made an impact inside and outside of football and our thoughts are with the club and all the families involved in that as well. But tonight, in the studio, we are outnumbered red to blues. We've got someone else to introduce, because not only have we got our legends, Mickey and Gary, in the studio for Manchester United and Manchester City, we've also got... Now, is it ex-Manchester United Poet Laureate and Manchester United up-and-coming artist, Arkid, in the room? A.K.A. David Scott. Evening, David. Uh, even I'm not too sure how you've confused me there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I saw the poetry for Manchester United, but I'm branching out into music as well. Uh, maybe they'll play my song when they're coming out at Old Trafford. Right, is that the dream? That's the dream, yeah, to, to unearth the uh, Storm Roses. <laughs> OK. We're going to play, uh, Frank, your new tune a little bit later. We'll play a little bit of that so we can hear it. But you're in to talk about Manchester United for the time being as well. And we will hear the tune later on. And we're going to start off with Manchester United this evening because it was a dodgy penalty, but it was a win and it was three points and it could keep Josie in a job for a little bit longer. But, Mickey, just what the doctor ordered yesterday, right? Well, it was. Um, I think Everton, in the end, probably felt they might have got a draw, but from my... Uh, taking I was at the game of course um, I think you I would agree before Gio steps in <laughs> it, it wasn't a penalty um, it was initially very honest I thought, I, well I thought it was a penalty initially where I was uh, sitting um, I think from the referee's angle maybe yes but when you have the beauty of televised games you can have a look at in different ways and different angles but he clearly gets the ball it wasn't a penalty but it was given and obviously, uh, with technology now, I'm not in favour of the AR, but it would have helped Everton on the day. Um, he's changed things before the game, Mourinho. I, I did an MUCV on the Friday saying that I would persevere with Lukaku because we play, mean mm. players, guys, and sometimes you have to continue playing to get that confidence. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't start the game. Uh, Rashford played in that position. I didn't think he featured much in the game. I think it's the way we played in that game. If you're going to play a striker, you've got to get supplies from all angles, from wide positions. Never really got that. Never really got the support a striker needs. And that's why I think sometimes Lukaku's isolated, doesn't get enough. A lot of people were crediting the dropping of Lukaku with the success in that game and the victory, though. You don't buy into that. You think well, Lukaku I think, should be coming I, back I into think, that team. You know, listen, Jim and, and Gary will tell you as well, and, and David in the studios, that... You know, you can't go into a game thinking you're not going to win it. You have to win every game, don't you, Gio? And we had to improve the Adventist game. Uh, I was brutally honest. I think, you know, we were outclassed in that game. No question about that. We had to have a response and they got against Everton. No question about that. And we have to continue that uh, vein of form. But, you know, I look at the bigger picture. Lukaku will obviously be devastated. He'll probably be a little bit... I, I think feeling sorry for himself, but the only way he can do that, Gary, is on the train ground. Score goals. And, and score goals. He's there to score goals. But 
I won't be overcritical to him because I, I think he hasn't had a lot of service that a striker needs. I'm interested to hear from United fans this evening. Do you feel this is a corner turned? 0345 111 is the phone number. 87711 is Jose Mourinho starting after three years to find his best team. Going to go straight to the phones. Ricky's on the line. Evening, Ricky. Evening, boys. You OK? Evening, what are you thinking, mate? Hi, Mickey. Long time no speak. Mickey, all right? Yes, how are you, sir? Fine, mate. Very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not buying into this. What I'm, I'm reading a lot of and hearing a lot of about the players putting more effort in and, and working harder. I'm not saying they're not, but I believe that for the last four or five games, uh, well, the last three league games um, and the Champions League game against Juventus, Marshall and Matter have both played, uh, and both of them rarely featured before that. And I believe that those two players are easily, and I mean easily, our best two players. So you're going to play better when you've got better players on the field. It's very simple, the game of football. Very, very simple. Sometimes Sanchez starts on the left. Occasionally Rashford starts on the left. Neither of them can hold a candle to Anthony Marshall. And on the right, it's sometimes Sanchez, it's occasionally Lingard. Even on the right, and I prefer Matter at 10, by the way, he's played 10 against, he played 10 against Chelsea, he played more on the right at the weekend. But he's just an ingenious little footballer, Matter. He's got a lovely touch, he's got a lovely eye for a short pass. And neither Lingard, and sometimes Rashford plays on the right, none of them can hold a candle to, matter, to one Matter. So suddenly, four games in a row, I know Matter only come on after 20 minutes again. But, I mean, think of that. They brought Matter on when we were 2-0 down against Newcastle. And look at the difference that made. Mm. So, so I believe that United have been better for the last four games purely and simply because for the first time in a long time, we've had our best two players on the field in each and every game. Has Jose worked out simple. then, Ricky? Has he, has he finally clicked for him that he knows which players are his best team? Is that what's happened? I can't really, I wouldn't like to say that because, I mean, I've been banging on about this for 12 months that they've got to be in the team all the time. So, you know, he should, he should really catch on a bit quicker than me, Sean. You know what I mean? But I'm telling you, for an absolute, I know people have opinions about footballers. If anybody wants to argue with me that Jesse Lingard's a better footballer than one matter, then I'll go start watching netball. <laughs> Ricky, you know I, I, Ricky, I mean, I do buy into what you're saying. That, you know, I think Massa, for sure, is a clever footballer, got a great brain. I think the question mark against him is that he's not that quick. And I think in today's modern game, we say, he, you know, he's not in that midfield area for that I reason. That, I, think that's, I think that's overrated, Mick. I think it's overrated. He's got a quick he's brain. I'm not, I wouldn't that argue that with that. He has got a quick brain. He's got a great touch. Yeah. Look at the couple of things that he did against Chelsea. I'll name two things he did against yeah. Chelsea. He surprised, uh, what's their centre-back called? Is it Lucas? Yeah. Is he called Lucas? The centre back with the long hair, yeah, Louise. He was going to he was going yeah. to clear the ball there, and suddenly Matter was all over him like a rash. Nicks it off him, Pacey down the line, checked back, played it to Rashford. Mm. Rashford played it to Marshall. We scored. That was the second goal. The first goal, he had a shot from the edge of the box. Matter from the edge. Well, he's about four yards inside the box. A cracking effort, stung the keeper's palms. It was parried off towards the corner flag. Mm. He's on the edge of the box. He was the first man to it and clips it back in. I don't wear it. That he's that what, what, what he's about that then? I mean, what about the, the, the players never played? Obviously, Lukaku. I mean, what's your take on him? 
Lukaku's, Lukaku knocks Marcus Rashford into a cocktail. Knocks him into a cocktail. He's, he's bigger, stronger, he wins headers, makes himself available, receives it better, holds it up better, finds better passes. He even did this. I've heard people criticising his game yesterday. I'm gonna, I, I, mean, I was at the game. I've not watched it on the camera yet. I'm going to watch it on TV again tonight. I've got it, got it recorded. Um, Have you got permission from the wife? <laughs> I've got permission, yeah. She'll give me permission to watch it tonight. So uh, probably after she goes to bed about half past nine with a cold cup. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am going to watch it again. From what I saw of Lukaku when he came on yesterday, apart from the chance that he missed, but they all missed a chance. Yeah. Rashford's touch was awful when he should have got in on goal. It was awful. Uh, Marshall missed a chance. Marshall's a, our, our best player for me. He missed a chance. So they all missed chances. The fact that Lukaku missed a chance is held against him because he's not been scoring. You know what I mean? It's a shame he missed it. Of course it is. But, but his old-up play yesterday, for, when he come on, was superb. And for me, for me he, he does that pretty well. I'm not saying he's always superb, but he does that pretty well. And uh, well, What about what I, Gary I, just I, said? What about what Gary Owen just said then? Gary uh, just about... said he's got to be scoring goals. Yeah. He, he had, he, of course, you do need a striker to score goals. But he, last season, he got 27 goals in, in all competitions. Mm. You know, proper decent return now. And then this season, I think he's only scored four and he's not scored in eight and nine games. Mm. But if you stick with him, goals will start coming. He will go on a run where he scores some goals. But... Look, let's be honest, I think Marcus Rashford scored one goal so far this season. So so I don't see why you should suddenly say he's not playing because he's not scoring enough goals. He's more of a threat. He occupies two defenders. He's more physical. Uh, more physical. Another thing, by the way, just, just a tiny little extra string to his bow. Well, we're only on until 7 o'clock, mate. <laughs> just to give you a little warning. <laughs> He wins a few headers in his own box, Lukaku, as well, when it comes down to it. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a lot more to Lukaku's game that helps the team out than what Marcus Rashford can even dream about in bed at night. Ricky, top man, thank you for your call, mate. I appreciate that. And your sister sister as well, doesn't he? Your sister got tremendous lovely in that derby. I I think what he said about Lukaku, guy, because you said it before he came on, is about... He's there to score goals. Listen, if you want to be the top of that league, you've got to have, you've got to have two people scoring 20 goals apiece. Mm. Who's the top goal scorer for United? It's going to be four or five, maybe. But, but when I said on TV on, have on the Friday, I would persist with Lukaku, but... Yeah, you? listen, I've, oh, listen Rashford. Rashford, you're a United, you're a United yeah. fan. You've seen Lukaku play, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of fans have been calling for Rashford all season. He pl- starts at the weekend, and many people are saying he was the catalyst. That the fact that Lukaku wasn't playing was the catalyst for that win, and the fact that United came out flying for a change rather than defensive football in the first half. Where do you stand? Uh, Lukaku, I, I, Rashford? I, uh, I completely agree with you. I think, I think Lukaku, since he's come back from the World Cup, I know he scored maybe three or four goals. His fitness levels just don't seem to be where, where they are at United, and he's, and he's slowing the game down. I think yesterday Martial uh, and Pogba as well was freed up a lot. Uh, the guy, the caller then, Ricky, was saying that he, he wins lots of headers and stuff, but if you're not playing two up front, there's no point winning them headers, is it, to, mm. to knock them down to win them? So for me, uh, I think Martial is our best player, but we're not, we was, haven't been utilising him right. Uh, I'd be quite interested to see what would have happened if Sanchez was fit yesterday. Does he play Rashford yesterday, or do we play Sanchez? Wouldn't it be interesting to have a Rashford, Sanchez and Martial, uh, that dynamic up front where they could cross over each other? That's not been tried yet by uh, Mourinho. But he doesn't want to change it again, does he? Was it like, like 102 different team four combinations he's played this since his time at United or something ridiculous like that? He likes to chop and change. Surely, off the back of a win, you stick with it, don't you? Yeah, well, that's Charles and Mourinho, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk to the opposition. We've got Adam on the phone. He's an Everton fan. Evening, Adam. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, chaps. Hi, Adam. How are you feeling after the game yesterday? Do you feel hard done by? Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to come on and moan, you know, obviously kick off about the penalty, but Mickey said it all for me already. 
So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a penalty. I mean, I, I have to say, though, initially I thought it was a penalty, but we had the benefit of a CV monitor in front of me, so I've seen it straight away thinking, oh, the referee's made a mistake there. But, you know, I wasn't going to argue. I was happy that he got the penalty. But, you know, without that VAR, Gary Lice, I mean, it wouldn't have been given, but it was given. We won the game, so, you know, a little bit of luck that we need, but it happened that all season. The most ridiculous thing about the penalty was Pogba's run-up. I mean, you guys would have taken penalties you know in the something? time of professional Let me just tell you, Linford Christie did 100 metres quicker than... <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Linford Christie did 100 metres quicker than, um, than Pogba got from his run-up. To I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. 11 seconds. But you wouldn't do... If you were taking a penalty for your team... I used to take it. That, but you but that was the most extraordinary like penalty I've seen Surely, in my life. Well, Zara... Um, what's his name? Zaza in the yeah. World Cup for Italy did something very similar, didn't yeah. he? He took a similar run-up. He skied it. Pogba does the same thing. And he puts it to the keeper's left and the keeper's side. Well, I don't think, guys, you play the game as much as yeah. David. You watch it. I, I, I've, I've never seen a run-up like that. And I don't think you can generate that much power in that run-up. No, you can't. And let me just tell you, if that ball was on the penalty spot and somebody had to score it, you wouldn't amble up to that ball and then turn it... You'd go with pace mm, and your momentum yeah, puts yeah. you through, Give yourself a push through the ball. Yeah, you do with momentum. So why, when it's a penalty, would you not do the same... Would you not put that same uh, same tempo into it to come up to the ball? Mm. Trust me, it's a lot easier to run up to a ball and bash it than it is to stand still and bash it. There's more momentum. Did you have hope going into this game, Adam, that you might get something out of Old Trafford? A little bit. Um, yeah, you know, we were on a decent bit of form. Things are starting to click. The, the summer signings have finally started playing. And obviously, with the way United have been playing recently, you don't know what you're going to get. And to be honest, I do feel a bit hard done by, not only because of the penalty, just because I actually thought we did deserve more out of it. The last 20 minutes after after we scored our pen, we, you know, we paid United back. And I cannot remember the last time that happened where an Everton team went to Old Trafford and were bombarding the box for the final 20 minutes. Well, you know, that, happens, problem... that happens a lot at Old Trafford. United get into a two-goal lead and then they seem to take the foot off the, off the pedal and allow the opposition to come back in. And I said it'd be interesting if Everton get a goal here. And then they did. And then it's like, then they're dropping deeper and deeper. But Everton, before then, had chances. I mean, Sigurdsson with the header when that ball came in. You put it either side of De Gea there. You're going to have yeah. to make him say, but he headed straight at him. So they had some chances. They That's been the story this chance, season, though, hasn't it, Adam? You've had chances, but you haven't managed to finish him half the time. You seem to be lacking a striker, essentially. It is. It's, it, it's cutting edge. Obviously, we started playing Rich Allison through the middle, which a lot of people were hoping for. It worked in one game. It's not really worked recently. It, it's that final bit of quality. It's you know, it's the seventy-five million pound striker that we managed to flog to United um, that we're missing. Although not with his trampoline shins this year, because <laughs> I don't think he's doing very well at all. Adam, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't get in our team in a minute. Cheers, Jim. Thanks, Adam, thanks for that. Mate. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to get involved? Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five is the number. Eight double seven double one is the text. Now we had some positivity from Ricky, the United fan, earlier. So let's get a bit of negativity from a United fan on as well. Evening, Steve. Oh, I knew you'd be talking about me. <laughs> so go on. This hasn't this this result against Everton hasn't turned your opinions round on Jose. Then you're not you were on last week saying it was time for him to go, and now you're well, well you're not changing your voice. Well, no, because I'm not fickle like that, Jim. When I have an opinion, I see it. So that's why I'm a valued caller to this to this <laughs> finest of radio stations. Well, what I would say is that we have a great opportunity here because Real Madrid made a bit of a boo boo. They're in a bit of a mess. 
they need a manager. They like Mourinho. They've got money. So what we could do is find out how much. Let's say Pochettino. I know he's like he's not going to be the case because they'd never let him go at this time. But let's say they say all right, four million pound for Pochettino. We get four million pound from him from Madrid for. Um, Mourinho and jobs are good. I don't think four million is going to cover anything. To be fair, I don't think you might get budgeted for four million. Neither would yeah, Mourinho go for four million. I kind of get what Steve's but, saying there here because there does seem to be, and I know Mickey's not going to go anywhere near this question, so I'm not even going to ask him. I'm going to ask you, Dave, instead, because okay. there does seem to be. The, the, the recent the couple of years with Jose Mourinho, there seems to be a lot of aggro between himself and the club's hierarchy. He seems to be either trying to get the sack or trying to get more money out of the club. Either will do him, I think. But again, the club, the Glazers, maybe don't want to spend the money that it costs to get rid of Jose Mourinho. If they're in a scenario where Real Madrid could come in and take Mourinho off their hands and pay compensation, that feels like everyone wins, doesn't it? I'm not too sure if Real Madrid had won him back. There wasn't the rumours of him leaving like a poisonous uh, dressing room when well, he was on. Well, Jose Mourinho. Of course <laughs> Why would you want that back? Yeah, didn't Calderon come out and say yeah, he'd like to see him back there one, time, one day? I, I'm, I'm just curious to the caller if... Um, who who do we pl- replace him with? Because it would just be a, it'd just be another knee jerk reaction, and I think it needs to be thought out about. If the club are thinking about replacing Mourinho, it needs to be. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Knee jerk reaction wouldn't be a bad thing for United. Well, it because would be because David Moyes was a well planned replacement, and that went terribly. Louis Van Gaal was a well planned replacement, that went terribly. Jose Mourinho was months and years in the planning, that went terribly. Maybe a knee-jerk reaction is exactly what United <laughs> need. Uh, I, I can't see who, who, who we'd go for, though, if that's like the case. I, 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 I mean, Zidane wouldn't want the job. If it was me, I'd give it... I, if it was to be an imminent sacking mm. of Jose, I don't think that's the case. Go on, Steve, who would you have? Someone with a clear attacking, progressive plan. I mean, obviously, just anyone who will play football that I can be proud of. I'm sick of playing on the defence and... It, I mean, really, Pochettino? Not one and then, so he can be discarded. Uh, I just, I just have anyone who was, who, who play football. That's, that's easier floor. said than done. To be fair, you got to. There's nobody out there who, mm. you, you know, who you could find readily made to go and get what you're looking for. And, and, and United aren't readily made to, to, to do that. We're, the, it's a whole, the whole squad needs yeah, an overhaul and we've got problems with the Hayes I see, I'm not too match, sure you know. about the whole squad needs, but certainly certain, certain positions need rectifying. Because for me, I've said it many times in this, when I see United, there's nothing wrong with the individual players, but they play individual and they play, in my mm. opinion, and it looks like when he picks his team, it's square pegs round holes. Sure, Everybody seems to be playing up there. Martial came for 38 million, could be up to 57 million if he goes all the way, whatever the add ons are. They bought him as a centre forward. He's never played centre forward. Mm. Rashford scored all his goals when he got into the team, playing centre forward. Sanchez doesn't want to be wide on that left or right, as you saw at Arsenal. He used to be at Barcelona, but he, didn't want, he wanted to play middle. And I looked at United. Four centre forward, you need Kevin Keegan. Yeah. That's who you need to But then I looked <laughs> at the midfield for United on Saturday, and they were all really central midfield players. Matic, Pogba, Mata, and mm. I can't remember who the other one was, but they all, all central midfield players, they all want to play in the middle. 
This is match wide, right? This is the reason why I don't think the Lukaku thing <laughs> works is because we don't have the old-fashioned wingers like a Kinchelski got gigs. But that that would work ideally with Lukaku, yeah, yeah. like it did with Van Nistelrooy. That's yeah, the sort of service he needs, and we don't have the the people around him to do, to do he's that. Playing man. back to goal all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's he's dropping far too deep. Right, oh three four five treble one seventy six twenty five. If you want to get involved in this debate, we're going to talk about Manchester City as well playing their game at Spurs tonight, which of course should have been played yesterday if it wasn't for Tottenham making a complete mess of their new stadium and having to play their games at Wembley, but they couldn't play at the weekend because they were playing NFL there, which not only raises questions about messing around Man City fans who have to go all over the country on a Monday night, but also about the suitability for the pitch on tonight's game. Give us a call, have your view. 0345 is the number, and we'll speak to you next on the Manchester Football Social. Sam from Stoke contacted us about... This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Manchester Football Social. Don't forget you can get the show as a podcast if you miss any of it. Just search Manchester Football Social however you listen to your podcasts and you can listen to everything again or any of the shows you missed right the way through the week. Gary Owen, Mickey Thomas in the studio along with our kid, a.k.a. Dave, who's in to give us his insight as a fan. And also we're going to hear his tune that is released very soon called Frank. But we are still talking Manchester United and Everton. A win for United at the weekend. And I thought... Given the beginning of this show and given Ricky the first caller that came on, it felt like it was going to be a show full of positivity. United had turned a corner. Jose had found his best team. There was attacking intent in the football. But ever since that first caller, it's gone completely the other way. And that's only going to be added to by Neil, who's on the line. Evening, Neil. Good evening, gents. How are you? Very Neil. Oh, mate. You even even sound depressed, Neil. (laughs) Oh, mate, mate. No, just just to take a minute, I'd like to pass on my condolences to the Leicester City fans. And and that's tragic what's happened there. So that's from a Manchester United fan, that. Um, Two points, really. My first point is Mourinho. Jim, I spoke to you before. When he turned up, my season ticket went back. I can't stand the bloke. He's arrogant. He thinks he's wonderful. He's 20 years behind tactics now with Klopp and Pep. So, for me, Jose, I just want him to go. Maybe that's just my opinion. We're all entitled to it. And my second point is Lukaku, six foot three, fifteen and a half stone, gets thrown around like a baby. I'm five foot eight and fourteen stone, Mickey, and you won't get the ball off there. I might be a bit slow, but I'll keep hold of it. He's got a touch like a, I don't know. Oh, it's shocking. But <laughs> that, that's football, I suppose. They're my two points. And, yeah, I mean, the second point about Lukaku, just before we go any further, Lukaku, um, with his goals he scored at West Brom, Chelsea, uh, Everton. Everton, and now United last season, um, would you agree with me that all strikers have a lean patch through the course of a season? They absolutely do, but do you know what, Mickey? I think the effort factor mm. for me, you know, come off sweating, son, come off like you've tried, come off like you've given it your best shot, and yesterday... You know, I like the way we started yesterday with the, you know the different approach. But for me, I just I think he's not bothered. You know, there were rumours about him speaking out while he was away on the international break, like there always is. Well, I don't think he'll be there come maybe the new year. I think the transfer window they might get rid of him. Do you feel there's been a bit of an agenda against Lukaku because he has? There has been negativity about him ever since he joined the club. I remember when he joined, people were saying, "Was it 70, 75 million? He's not worth that much as a player." And I think even when, like, like you say, Mickey, he scored 27 goals last season, which is a decent return. It, it feels like there's just a bit of an agenda against him, and maybe it is. Because his playing style, he's not running around all over the pitch. He's not trying to get the ball when he's in the corner off the opposition's left back or whatever. He is one of those players that appears uh, to listen, play the lackluster style. Gavin knows he played with strikers throughout his career. Everyone's got different qualities in that. 
I, I'm not going to disagree about his touch at the moment. You know, it's a, it's a problem. You know something, with the goals he scored, it's only United who's had his back to goal nearly, nearly every time he's having to face up and, and and it's not his way, he wants to be facing the goal and wherever he's played Everton, or you watch a lot of his goals, he's always been on the end of things, ball's been put in, I think Dave was saying before, he's absolutely right, where balls are coming in, he can attack it. That's where you're looking playing for Belgium. He's not facing up to balls, he's getting balls in round defenders and getting on the end of them and a no... What, and and I'll be the first to agree with whoever says it. He's had a chance he's gone past the keeper and not slotted it. That mm. can happen sometimes. But a player of his ability should not miss when he's past the keeper and he's got an open goal. I mean, it's it's a gift for him. But he's not had the best of starts of the season, and, and we're ten games in. That's why he had to give Rashford a go, a, a go up there. And some people are happy with how Rashford started. But when you're up there and you miss chances, you're there to be shot at. But when defenders make mistakes. You're not as it's not as highlighted because the keeper's normally there to to get you out of the mire. But for you, oh, Neil, that's another point, eh? The keeper, mm. God, yeah. God forsake, if he goes to Gaia, we're going to be in <laughs> flipping it. He, he, he causes me heartburn here. <laughs> well, you mentioned the defenders not getting as highlighted. There was a pretty high-profile mistake from Smalling as well. A clumsy tackle resulted in a penalty. Sending off. And again, does that sending off for you? For you, Neil, is that strengthening Jose's opinion? I mean, he's mentioned many times that his defence isn't good enough this season in one way or another does it strengthen your opinion that there's problems all over that team right now I think we need five good players and I think two of them are decent centre-halves I think I think Gary Neville made a quote last week about Lindelof having a great game he did alright but we got schooled last week so for me if you can't see we need two centre-halves Phil Jones and Smalling, I'm not being funny. They're not Manchester United centre-halves anymore. They've gone. But we need to find players that are. And if we can't attract these big players, you know, where are we now? Eighth in the league, seventh in the league, whatever it is. 17 points from 10 games. It's not Manchester United form. You can't bring in the big boys, you know. Are you going to get a great centre-half to come to United with no Champions League if we don't do well in that and if we don't do well in the league? What would you you like to see done now at this moment, Simon? I think the, the first thing is for me, Mickey, as, as you probably know, is, is I think we don't panic, we don't rush into something. But maybe I don't, I don't want Mourinho there. That's my personal opinion. I'd like to see Eddie Howe, me, I really would, an English manager, come to Manchester United, give him time, let him sell. He wouldn't get time, though, would he? No one gets time. That's very true. Neil, thank you very much for your call, mate. Appreciate you coming on. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. Yeah, good call, Neil. Thank you for that. I'm glad you won. I hate to think what the reaction would be if United had lost again. No, I think, you know, you look at City, of course, at the top. That's your target because City are playing great football. Mm. You know, you wouldn't say anything different. I wouldn't come on and say, oh, City this. But they have proved to uh, this course of season so far, they're only going to get better. Um, And now I think tonight's game, Gary, Tottenham, if you were to do a job on them, and, and I mean a proper job on them, and then I think the rest of the Premier League will be... You know something, when you look at it, um, Tottenham have won at Wembley. They only lost twice in mm-hmm. 21 games at Wembley, even though they start off not, not too good. Still haven't got a trophy for it. Yeah, exactly. They, at Wembley Stadium, it's their home, but it's not. It's, it's like mm. you know, it's like a final, isn't it? You go there, it's Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Um, and one of those was against us, of course. Uh, this season, they've they've scored the most points after nine games than they have since 2011-12. Best ever start to a Premier League season? is 22 points. That means if they get a point tonight or take three points, that's the best ever start of the season. But as I was saying today before, when you look at that league, you look at that league, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, Arsenal, 
and to and and depending what Tottenham's result is today, those five have hardly dropped any points in the first nine ten games. An incredibly strong season so far. For but the they've top not teams. really all played each other, so it'll it, it'll be interesting. And, and Tottenham will be will be a good yardstick because they want to win. They've got injuries. Whether uh, um, uh, Ali plays or starts, I don't know. But Rose will be out. We've got a few missing, but. Don't make a difference in our squad. But the incentive for them, guys, if they beat you, they're only a point behind their two points, something like that. They leapfrog City they, they got, if they yeah, win tonight. Yeah. Listen, but, as I said before, yeah. and Guardiola has said it already, he believes that the top teams, it will come down to who takes most points off who over that, who will finish top of the pile. And I've, uh, I firmly believe that. It was expertly steered away from Manchester United onto Man City there by Mickey Thomas. Well played, Mickey Thomas. That was yeah, a lovely, lovely little manoeuvre. Not by chance. If you've <laughs> no, worked with him for so many years as I have, it's a gift he's got. We're going to talk about Tottenham versus Man City in a moment, but first we just need to talk directly to David Scott, a.k.a. Arkid, who is our guest in the studio this evening. He's a poet, writes about Manchester and Manchester United, and he's got a brand new song out called Frank, and it sounds like this. He's viral and the girl looks at him like he's bone idle. He's got a job, he just feels entitled. He's a plastic spoon in an eaten trifle. Frank's got a taste for the stellar arts wine. He's playing havoc with his fellas, foie gras. He spends most nights skipping in car parks, running by fat packets and scratch cards. By the morning, he'll be back to grab. If you want to hear more of it, you can find it on all the usual places, iTunes, Spotify and all that, because it was released last week. You can also hear it on the Excess Manchester Evening Show where we've been playing it. And we're delighted to have David in the studio, massive United fan with us today. Thank you, David, for coming. In. No, thanks a lot for bringing me in. I love the show, so it's, it's good to be able to sit with these two and uh, ch- talk. He said he'd like to have it played as the team come out. He'd like it more if they had it in yeah. the dressing room before they come out to get them bang at yeah. <laughs> It's that yeah. kind of tune. It's kind of a motivational tune. You've been making poetry in this city for a long time. People might know you from your poem... My, I've got to get the title right. My nana used to call me cock. My nana calls me cock. Yeah, it breaks, it breaks down the Mancunian slang. Which is an awesome poem, and it went viral a few years ago. So, what made you go from poetry into music? Uh, it's always, I've always wanted to go into music. It was just a case that I could never find anyone to uh, play any instruments or produce music that could, that would go with it. So, I actually walk around and I write a lot of the stuff in my head. So, I was trying to find a producer that could put the music down to actually do it. So, this is sort of the end game, as you will. The, the poetry was sort of 50%, and now I've found uh, producers that I can work with. A lot of your poetry in the past has been based on Manchester United. Die Hard Red, born and bred in Manchester. What was your first Manchester football memory? Uh, first my, uh, was um, United versus Southampton. I think it was 1991 uh, FA Cup, fifth round. Again, uh, we got beat on penalties. I think Giggs missed Giggs, it. Yeah, yeah Giggs, Giggs missed a penalty. Um, remember that day because uh, my dad snuck me into the ground. But uh, <laughs> I won't condone any of that. But you know. <laughs> That's the thing I love about football stories. It's not the games that you go to where you win 6-1. It's the ones where your dad sneaks you in under his overcoat. I, I, I honestly don't remember for the first... Because we, we, we go for a whole season. I don't remember anything of the football because it was too short to see anything. But it was just a whole atmosphere How old and were you stuff. at this point going to a uh, I was like 10 years old when I was going and I couldn't see anything. Because I was standing, standing back then as well. I remember being in the Kipax as well mm. on Derby Day and that was just fantastic. It was just an amazing experience. It's changed completely now. We're going to get on to Man City in a moment. Before we do... Um, as I said, you write poetry for Manchester United, and you're going to do perform one of your United poems for us this evening. Yeah, th- this is um, this isn't such a United poem, but it's just a, it's just about the derby. I didn't want it to be too partisan because a lot of my friends. <laughs> you're just sitting next to Gary. Yeah, 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 and he's got a long arm on him. For a <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is called uh, the Neighbours. I'm going round the Neighbours today. They're a proper noisy lot. 
to go halves on a beef that's been a century in the pot. We're like brothers with other colours. It's a sibling rivalry. We sit and stare and compare silverware. It's a dribbling sight to see. The grass is mowed, carpet rolled, whistles blown, hands shook, kits washed, and then when everyone takes their seat, it all kicks off. Combating curses croon of contests from the past. The Owen won 6-1 when Roy in a red mist went for an early bath. We've shared an Argentine lodger whose name I can't recall and they weren't too happy when our reliant Robin crashed over their front wall. Together we've broken laws, had scolding applause, shared a fair few bicycle kicks. What's the old proverb? Love thy neighbour, innit? Well, there'll be no chance of that for the next 90-odd minutes. Thank you. Very good. Stunning. Good work. Very good. Very Football good. and poetry just goes together on the pitch and off the pitch. And people Very might good. scoff at that, but it really works. <laughs> How do people find out more about what you do and where and your songs and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I'm usually most active on Twitter, so it's uh, it's Arkid, A-R-G-H Kid, because uh, I didn't grow up in an area where we say our. It's always R, so <laughs> A-R-G-H Kid. Uh, or Arkid.com, you can see them. And obviously Frank's available to download now on all the usual places. Yeah, we've got the same. We've got some R shake. <laughs> Where's our shake? Speaking of the shake, we're going to speak about Tottenham versus Man City next. That pitch in Wembley, the condition of it, we're going to speak to someone who's got some inside knowledge on Tottenham as well and looking ahead to the big match in the Premier League. We'll do that next on the Manchester Football Social. The Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Manchester Football Social, Mickey Thomas and Gary Owen in the studio. We've got our kid with us as well for a bit of a natter about the football and we've spent plenty of time on Manchester United. Let's talk about free-scoring Manchester City. Do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking thinking, that Manchester City were one of the top scorers, had to be one of the top-scoring teams in the whole of Europe at the moment. So I looked into it and I pulled the stats out. The most goals in all the European leagues has been scored by PSG. At the moment, they've scored a total of 39 goals. Who do you think second in that list? It's not Man City, who I thought it might be. Um, you used to play for them, Gary. I used to play for them. It can't be West Brom. It is West Brom. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, they had a seven, didn't they, against QPI in one oh, yeah. game? Yeah, that always helps. Then they had a five <laughs> against somebody else, he's 12. <laughs> they had the eight ball straight away. But yeah, listen, in the Premier League, where it's, it's, you know, it's hard uh, going with 10. More than Liverpool, then they nicked uh, a couple back, uh, three back. Mm. So, but listen, it's a long season. Let's talk about tonight's big game, and it is a big game. If you can have a six-pointer in October, I think we were allowed to call it a six-pointer. Man City versus Spurs. Spurs, if they win, can leapfrog Man City. So you need to take a win for this one, don't you? I mean, any well, no, I think what, what we thing. need to do. Anybody that is to begin with and not really united out yet because that win was vital for them on seventeen points, but they're not in the in the shake up yet. But I'm saying those teams, the Liverpool, Chelsea, City, well not us, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, who started the season off well mm. with their points against them, you've got to take more points off them than they take off you. We played Liverpool, so we've took a point off them, and they've got a point. Now we've got them at home. Um, we played Arsenal away. We took three points off them. Now we've got Tottenham. We've got Chelsea coming up. We've got to make sure we take more points off the teams at the top than what they take off us. And the one that takes the most points, I believe, against each other, I know you can you can slip up with the rest of the Premiership without underestimating them, I think that will be key at the end of the season. We're going to speak to Dan Tracy in just a moment. He's a football writer, Spurs fan, statistician. He's going to give us an insight into Tottenham. But before we do, I just want your view 
on the choice of venue for tonight's game. It's at Wembley. It never should have been at Wembley. It should have been Spurs' new ground, but obviously that's not finished yet. It couldn't be played at the weekend because of the NFL games, and that has had an impact on the playing surface as much as anything else. Is this just one of those situations that can't be helped, or should Spurs have faced some kind of penalty or punishment for the movement of this game and the, the lack of the stadium being ready? Well, the punishment is, is that they're not playing at home. Well, that seems to be affecting them yeah, that much at the moment. Well, it, it did when they first went there, but it's not. It's, it's a neutral ground. Mm. I know they uh, Tottenham played there. They played they played there more times than um, uh, than anybody else because that's been their home ground. But I mean, United at Wembley over the past ten years, they played more at Wembley than what Tottenham have over the last season. So it's um, for me, it, w- it would be like a cup final. You, you're playing a cup final, Tottenham against City at Wembley. Well, let's um, see. I mean, the, the pitch. Looks dreadful, but listen. Mm. In our time, in the pitches we played on, exactly. Right. Listen, you, you, you'd still beg to play. And I'm laced at balls, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if Dan thinks it can affect the team. Dan Tracy, football writer, Spurs fan, and also the voice of the real football cast. Evening, Dan. Evening. Hi, Dan. How's it going to affect you playing at Wembley? Is it going to be like a home game, or is it going to be a neutral ground, like Gary says? Well, it's, I mean, we, it's like a sort of halfway home, really. But gradually, we have to play it tonight. It's not really sort of what we want to be doing. Um, the situation with the pitch doesn't help us. But mm. then again, I don't think it helps City either. I think it's it could be the great equaliser. But then again, both teams still have to deal with a bad pitch. So um, it's a difficult one to call, really. I mean, City have had a lot of... Well, they had joy here last season, winning 3-1. I mean, they made a mockery of us that the Etihad last season as well. So they're going to the game favourites. But the pitch could... Um, it could have a, an element in, in how the uh, end result pans out. Do you feel a little bit hard done by as a Spurs fan at the moment? Because this is Tottenham's best ever Premier League start to a season and yet no one is talking about you. Everyone's talking about Liverpool and City and even Arsenal and Chelsea. But Spurs aren't getting a look in at the moment. No, we're not. I mean, whether we feel hard done by, I don't know. I don't think we're bona fide title contenders. So to be sort of fifth at the moment, it's not really... I don't know if it's the narrative. I don't really think it fits us to be sort of the real title contenders. I think we're sort of happy to be where we are, but I think people forget as Tottenham fans, we're sort of meant to be a club in crisis. We've got off to our best start of the Premier League season. Of Premier League season. So it's a real tough one. It's like the, the mood doesn't feel great around the, the club at the moment, whether that's due to stadium issues and just the way they've been communicated. But then you forget, you know, we're doing well um, in the league, but then those, that mood is intempered by defeats in Europe. So it's sort of glass half, um, half, half empty, I guess. Gio was suggesting earlier that maybe Spurs are going to try and stop Man City in this one. He's just they might bring the pitch in potentially, but it's going to be a case of stopping Man City rather than playing. No, I didn't game. say they would do it. I just said will. Just they might. No, yeah. yeah, I said <laughs> the same would thing. Tottenham. And let me ask you this question because Tottenham want to play football, of course they do. But we play with width in our team, whether it's fullbacks or or it's Sterling or Sane. But we like width in our pitch. So would you think that uh, Pochettino might just think well? If we narrow that, keep it more compact, it might just uh, might just slow City down a little. Uh, and and secondly, do you think he will risk Deli Ali straight back in after four weeks being out because he he has been a key player for you since he joined you? So there's a couple of questions that could happen, and do you think will happen? Okay, in terms of the pitch, mm. I don't think it'll, I know I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I don't think it'll be narrow because then I think it. Um, 
detraction what Tottenham can do as well. They like an expansive pitch as well. So I know Listen, what you're talking about. They've never did all post ball account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we, if we do that, it'd be a lot easier. Um, I've got yeah, a crossbar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very good, Mickey. Um, yeah, and Delhi, Delhi, Delhi. Yeah, in terms of Delhi, I think he'll come off the bench. I think we yeah. need perhaps a game changer. I don't think he'll be thrown in just yet. I think the fact that Christian Eriksen is fit is a, a massive boost. So I think he'll start. And then if the game is sort of still in the balance after what 60, 65 minutes, then it's the perfect opportunity to bring Ali on and see what we can mm-hmm. get out of it. Mm-hmm. It should be a good game. Listen, it yeah. should be oh, a good yeah, game. Absolutely. Tottenham. Tottenham will want to... They're not going to sit back. They want to go and play the game. We want to play the game, whether home or away. Uh, my my only... If I was a Tottenham fan, I look at um, I look at the goal difference and your goal difference is nine compared to City's, which is 23. So you can see that we've been free, free scoring. Have Tottenham, have Tottenham had the chances but have not put them away? They have to a certain degree, but I think also what they've been doing this season is they've been winning ugly. And mm. I think... That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, if you, you can do it against the likes of, I don't know, West Ham, Huddersfield, Cardiff, it's a sign that you can go and get results when you're not playing at your best and still sort of be in the race for sort of the top four, top five. But yeah. these are the kind of games where if you can win ugly in these ones, that really sort of pushes you further, you know, makes a makes a sort of honest uh, fist in the title race. So I think the way the Tottenham are playing this season and just what everything, everything that's gone on, I think you sort of... If you can have more of a pragmatic approach, perhaps, and actually get things done, than opposed to being the entertainers, with getting to semi-finals, just falling short, then that's not necessarily a bad thing. So it's not been as easy on the eye, I admit, but we are getting results, and I think ultimately that is the main thing. Dan, just coming on, mate. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for your time. Dan Tracy, he's a football writer, and you can find his stuff at the Real Football Podcast. So what we're we saying tonight, Gary? It's going to be one of the tougher games Man City have faced so far this season, isn't it? Um, listen, they're all. If you don't, if you're not prepared well, I don't care who you play in the Premiership, you can come unstuck. The key to the last season for us is that we were prepared for every game, and he will definitely have our players prepared. Whether or not we 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 play to that preparation is another thing, but nothing to suggest that we won't do because we've not we played well all season this season. No matter which personnel we've had in, uh, you're going to ask me for a scoreline. I know that which we've already done our predictions on Friday. I went two one. And Mickey, who seems to be getting a bit of a City fan of lately, because he predicted five <laughs> against, uh, so against West Ham, went to give him six points. And now he's he's gone for 3-1 today. I think he'll be... Uh, listen, I, I think one goal will, will be in it. Would you go to Tottenham and take a point? Of course you would do. But I think we're capable of being able to beat them. We're talking about the challenge this season, and you've mentioned Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal. Are Spurs going to gonna be there? Are Spurs yeah. going to be up there in the top two, up to, top yeah, three? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, because... If I was a Tottenham fan, what would I want? Well, I look at see the teams. Do we have the squad? Yes, man for man, without injuries or suspensions, yeah, I think we give anybody a game on the day. Uh, but realistically, you're looking at Liverpool and, and, and City, who seem just to be above the rest. Mm. Um, if I was a Chelsea fan, a Tottenham fan, I'd be wanting to win something. Now, if I'm not going to win the league, I would be putting all, I would be putting everything out to win either the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. Carabao Cup seems to be the easiest one to do because nobody takes it seriously to the latter stages. But the fans need something to shout about. They need to go and win a trophy. They need to have something to go and enjoy <laughs> and go back to Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, good luck to City in tonight's game. That kicks off very soon. Thank you very much, Gio. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank oh, you. Good. Thank you very much. much, Mickey T, as well. Don't forget, you can get this show as a podcast. Just search Manchester Football Social however you get your podcasts in your podcasting app, iTunes or whatever, and you'll find it there and you can click subscribe.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus